The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. Let's go! Get up close and personal with some of your favorite male porn stars on One on One with Poppy Chulo. Created by Poppy Chulo, one-on-one showcases exclusive interviews with the adult industry's most popular male performers. Here's your host, Poppy Chulo. Welcome to One-on-One with Poppy Chulo. Today is Wednesday, June 7th, 2023. Listeners, please welcome European adult star on the rise, Elon Musk. Welcome to the show, man. Um, thank you very much for having me, man. It's, it's great to be here. It is good to have you on. You've been doing fantastic work, man. So I'm, I'm glad you're here so that we can inform our listeners on what you've been up to and, and what they can expect from you. So, um, typically I like to start off these, uh, interviews by getting some unique stats out the way. So what's your height and weight? Well, my weight is, see, now I understand in America you use a different metric, but I am about 13 stone, maybe just under it, which would be about, I'd say maybe about, about um, 170 pounds, 168 pounds. And my height is, I'm about between 5'9", five, 5'10". Five, What's your ethnic background? Well, my ethnic background my family's from jamaica so basically black from jamaica but um as you can tell by the way i'm speaking um born and brought up in in england what's your zodiac sign my zodiac sign is leo actually and how old are you i'm 37 now let's get to know a bit about the man behind the performer where are you well, you said it. You're from from the UK. I was about to say where you're originally from. Uh, what was? Let's go into this. What was life like for you growing up? What was young Elon Musk in the UK like? Um, growing up, life for me was, um, I, if I'm going to use words that you can relate to for the for the people listening to in America, well, over in England we call them sort of cows council estates but in america you'll call them like housing projects so like i I grew up in a normal sort of like lower working class background but i think the way my growing up for me was i think i had a good upbringing where i was i was brought up kind of poor but with a good moral background um yeah when i got when i got to the uh my teenage years at 16, I joined uh, the British Army, and that's where I saw a bit of the world, got to learn about myself and life, and I think I think at that time, that's when I, I started to realize, even in regards to, like, sort of sexuality and sex and the, the dynamics of how human beings interact, that I was, I just had a very open mind, and I was very free from young. From young, I noticed that. From 16, 17, I noticed that. What was going on with your life? What was going on in your life prior to entering the adult industry? Well, prior to entering the adult industry, I, I sort of had like, I wouldn't say a foot in it. I'd say maybe a toe 
because basically I still do it now on the weekends. I work as a like in in America you'd call it like a buff butler, like a naked butler for over here we call them hen parties, so like the party before a girl gets married. So I do that for hen parties, I do it for birthday parties, even we have divorce parties. Um I do that. So see I do I do the but the butlering, I do the life modeling where I'm I'm naked and the girls draw me while they're having their drinks and um playing music and like it's not something I do regular, but every now and again if the opportunity comes up and I, I like the the opportunity or the or the money's good, I'll do a, a, a bit of stripping as well. So I sort of basically I was doing that. And then obviously I work in sort of, I work in sort of like construction, civil engineering during the the day. So that's what I was doing. And um, before that, obviously before the adult industry, how I knew a lot of people, obviously through doing the butlering, um, I got some jobs at some swingers clubs in the Northwest of England where I live. I started attending swingers clubs and getting to know people who work in the sex industry whether it be escorting or making, you know, pornographic content. And that's how I just started to speak to trustworthy people and just get a sort of a grasp of what it'd be like for me entering. And then I just uh, took the plunge and started this networking with people and, 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 and making content. All right. Now, typically right now I would ask a little bit more about your journey deeper into the adult industry, but since you were already doing a little bit of adult work Yourself, I'm actually kind of curious, how did you get into the world of buff butlering? We don't really have that kind of industry here in the U.S. for the most part. I mean, typically it's all sort of considered exotic dancing when, uh, you know, women have, uh, over here we call them bachelorette parties versus hen parties. Um, so it's more so just the, the exotic dancers and that sort of thing for the most part. So uh, I know that in the UK they and, and in Europe as a whole, there is this industry of buff butlers and buff butlering and that sort of thing. Can you explain to the listeners, number one, how you got into it, and number two, what what is it? You know, for those out there that are listening, they're like, what the hell is a buff butler? Can you explain sort of like what you do as a buff butler at these hen parties? Yeah, well... Basically, a buff butler, it's, it's very big in in, um, in Australia as well. So like Australia, New Zealand. To be honest, I thought it was something that originated from the US, but I may be wrong. But basically, um, I don't know what you, you might call, obviously in the US you'll call them bachelor and bachelorette parties. But over here in the UK, we call them hen and stack parties. So the stack party being for the man and the hen party being for the, the female. Now, basically, what it is, is is basically a buff butler for the women. It's just a bit of fun. It's I'll, I'll basically be dressed in a bow tie, but I'll be topless. I might have on some cufflinks, and I'll have on an apron. Um, for certain requests, for certain environments, I can have on underwear like boxer shorts underneath the, the apron, but most request it to be just your, have your bump your bum showing and you'll serve them drinks, serve them, might serve them food, but it's more about your social skills, how you can control the room, read the room and will play sort of fun, saucy kind of spicy games with them where it's nothing too X rated, 
but it's got like a sort of kind of tongue-in-cheek kind of theme to it and you've got to be able to flirt and and socialize and have have the you know flirtatious banter with them and basically that's what the the buttering is the life modeling is a bit more easier to explain basically a lot of the the gigs that i do it will be let's say if i do an hour and a half gig it will be like half life modeling half butlering life modeling i'll be wearing the same attire as if i was doing the butlering but then obviously i'll give out big pieces of paper pencils or charcoal decide a spot where i'll stand and i'll basically i'll be naked and the girls have about 25 minutes half an hour maybe a bit longer to to everyone's finished to draw me then once the drawing's done we'll have a we'll, we'll have a laugh and and judge who's going to be like the top five or the top three we'll judge the drawings like that once that's done then i'll carry on same thing with the butler in serving drinks playing games serving drinks playing games and how i got into it was basically i from when i Obviously, because I joined the army when I was young, over here it's different. In the UK, you can join the British army from 16. So I turned 16 in August 2001. I see it. I turned 16 in August 2001. By September 2001, actually, it was two days before 9-11. On September the 9th, I joined the British army. So I've had, because of my job, I was in in an infantry regiment. I was always had a high level of fitness. So even though I've been out of the army long, more than 10 years now, I've always liked to be active and I've always been for my own well-being. But even also, even if I could be honest, there's some vanity in there. I like to look nice. So I've always worked out whether it be doing weights in the gym or boxing, but boxing is my preferred sport. So when I was in a weights gym, um i just i'm a sociable person i'm talk i like to talk i like to have a laugh with people i rather laugh than cry so one of the guys who me and him got to know each other from the gym i didn't know who he was but he owned he was a butler at the time and he said to me he goes ah you you know you you look good you're in good shape he goes you got you got a mouth on you know talk you know talk to women you'd see me talking to women at the gym he said how about doing this on the weekends if you've got some free time and I said to him, well, first I just said, typical me, so hustling me. I said, how much money can you make? And he said, look, if you, if you're, if you put a lot of time into it, if you're, if you're dedicated to it and you're smart and you're popular and, and the women like you and you get a good name for yourself, you can make some money. And that person, he was actual, a popular butler. His name's John. He won't mind me mentioning his name, but he's set up his own butlering company now who I, do a lot of my business through i do a lot of my business through him and that's basically how i just got into it he saw me kind of way it was kind of the best way the best uh, someone who was who went on to start his own company saw me interact thought i'd be good in in the in the social settings and that's just how i got i i, I got into it um they first they put me on a double booking so a booking where they booked two butlers i was basically had to just watch another butler, still interact with the with the, with, the, with the clients, but watch him and sort of get a feel for what he did. I think I did that twice. I went with a butler twice, but 
I've got good social skills. I know how to read the room. Once I saw the job, it's not that hard. I said, yep, I'm ready to go on bookings by myself and earn money. And that was a main motivating factor as well. When you do the, the training um, gigs, as we call them, it's not paid. And obviously, I wanted to hurry up and get paid as soon as possible. So I went out on the gigs myself, soaked up the information from the other butlers, went out and started doing it. And I've, I've, I've been popular. Now, I, I for the agencies that I work for, I work for about maybe about three or four on the weekends. And now we're in like spring, summer. It's busy. We call it hen party season. So all the weekends, I'm busy, busy, busy traveling around the north, north of England. That's what's up, man. Wow. That's quite the fascinating story. Like, it's so interesting how you got into this world, and clearly that opened doors for you in other areas of the adult arena. So in total... Just to sort of make sure I get, like, time frames and that sort of thing, right? In total, how long had you been doing the buff butlering before you dipped your toes even deeper into the adult industry? I'd say about two years. Yeah, two years, two and a half years. Okay, all right. So what led to you from, you know, like, let's say, wading in the water on one side of the pool to, like, you know, taking a deeper dive into the pool of adults? Well, I've always been, as, as with anything, because most, the majority of people, we see porn from the outside looking in. So it looks very glamorous and very enticing. So I've always been curious and wanted to know about the pornography industry. But as, like I said, from from when I joined the army when I was young, I've been very, I've always, I've always known that my attitudes towards sex and sexual relations and sexuality has always been very more liberal and open and unconventional than most people. So it's, it's something that I've always been interested in, but everything kind of plays hand in hand through the butlering. Um, we had, there's, in the UK, obviously, we've got, like, um, its own swinging, its own swinging scene. And we had, there was one company that I used to do bookings for. They're not, they're not um, in business at the moment, but they had, when I, when I got recommended to them through another butler, who actually happens to be the first butler that trained me, this company, they had um, a lot of requests for uh, a black butler. And up north, in the north of England, even though there's a lot, quite well, relatively quite a lot of black people, but there wasn't a lot of black guys in the butlering game, in the, in the butlering industry up here. So this company had a request for them, and they had it from two, from two um, businesses. One was a new Afrobeats nightclub that, um, that was um, formed in Manchester, and the other was a swingers club in in Manchester as well. Uh, Manchester being a city that I, I live in, it's like I would say maybe like the third or fourth biggest city in 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 the UK. So I, the Butler Company, got me in contact with with one of the women from the the swingers club. They explained to me what it was because I didn't really know anything. I've I've heard of swingers club, but I didn't have a clue. I'd never set, stepped foot in one, didn't know anyone who went to a swingers club. Well, 
That's a lie. I had an ex-girlfriend who went to a swingers club with her friend. But when I suggested we were together that I want to go there and see what, what it was like, she didn't want to go. <laughs> she didn't want me to step foot in that place. But, yeah, so I went to the swingers club. It's a famous swingers club in Manchester. And um, they explained to me, you know, what goes on there, what they'd like me to do, basically to socialize with people, play games. Um, when people were, as I explained it, when people have stopped playing and they're sort of having a, a time to just drink and socialize and dance, I'll be playing games, socializing with people, serving drinks. And through that, I got to realize and got to know a lot of people who attend there and a lot of the, the well, more so the women who, who host the events and attend the venues, a lot of them were sex workers, were either it being escorting or obviously um, collaborating, doing um, pornographic content or doing solo content. A lot of them worked in the sex industry. And um, one of them, I, um, me and her end up, me and her end up having like sort of, basically we just end up having fun together. And she suggested that she goes, look, see, she, once me and her had fun together, she was happy with my performance she suggested that I get into it, but she made it, she was, she was very honest with me. She said, look, if you're going to do just straight content, um, it's going to be hard. And she let me know, even if you're not just, just doing sex work in general, starting up profiles and networking with people, it's not easy as many people think. I don't know if they have a different, um, a different thought process in in the u.s but in, in england through the media a lot of people think that you know people just start doing only fans or start you know they just do that now and they just become a millionaire overnight where it has happened for some people they've they've become very successful financially but for the majority it takes it's, it's, it's hard work it's, it takes a lot of hard work and a lot of um, consistency so i initially set up an only fans and through me being sort of naive and new with the industry, I've I heard stories about people selling, you know, feet con selling pictures of feet and selling pictures of that. And I said to myself, oh, I'll just put pictures of my feet up. And I had an OnlyFans and I didn't do anything with it. And even though through this I've become more experienced with technology, but I, I if I'm being honest, I hate technology. I'm I'm good with working with my hands, but um when it comes to technology, I'm terrible. So even setting up my OnlyFans was a nightmare for me. When it came to like putting in your bank details and information, and in the UK, ask you for something called a, an IBAN number, international banking account number, and um, a SWIFT number. I had no idea what these was. When, when after a while, when I really thought, okay, I'm going to set this up, and I had a look, I realized all this information was on my bank statement. <laughs> But, yeah, so I set up an OnlyFans, and I had an OnlyFans there for, for a while, and I, I was basically doing nothing with it, nothing with it. But once I attended, started working at one um, swingers club in place, basically in Liverpool, a little small area right next to Liverpool. And if anyone for um, international wants to know, know where the Liverpool is, Liverpool is the city where the Beatles are from. So, um, yeah. I worked at this swingers club in Liverpool, and this is the swingers club where a lot of the workers worked in the sex industry. They were very helpful, 
and this when I've sort of opened my mind to the sex industry and I got to know really lot of, a lot of people and even a lot of um, top top content creators over here attend this swingers club for like private events like private content creator events so, so people that you might know heard of like um andy lee and um andy lee Dwayne d Dwayne d 69 irish bull these are like quite you know big popular content creators male content creators they they st- i start to see these people attend this this venues and I was able to speak to them and pick their brain about about the uh, about the industry. So, through getting to know people there, I started to get advice from from people, and I set up a Twitter. Obviously, my Twitter now, DD uh, Musket. So I set up a Instagram, set up a Cash app, and then I just started to basically study the industry and basically I'd just go online and fights and just basically find out who all the content creators are and just basically just check out their material see what they're doing how they interact with people online you know how they network how they speak to people what what is it and just study everything they post and find out who's who and through that i through the twitter I found out about a thing on Twitter called Spaces. And actually, let me mention this person because he's been very um, influential and offered me a lot of advice, was a very good mentor for me in my early days, um, Ricardo Black, who Ricardo Black used to do a lot of spaces um, to network with other content creators from all over the world. And Ricardo Black had a spaces room, and I was talking to him and another content creator male content creator called um justin joker who's um his name is is it mask off 69 because he used to wear a mask but he's he's removed his mask for like well over a year now they had a spaces room and because they're quite popular names a lot of other male and female content creators came in that spaces room and one of the female content creators came in there was a lady by the name of lee darby now lee darby is a She's not just a UK sort of popular in the UK um, porn star. She's a worldwide porn star. She's shot from all the biggest companies in Europe to biggest companies in America. And for those who may not know who she is, she did a scene with the porn star over in America, you know, Geordie, who's the the small, like, sort of, um, he's got the, the sort of baby face Latino guy. She did the uh, scene with him, like the stepmom scene with him, that sort of basically brought him into notoriety, that sort of made him big. But she's from over here in the UK. So she was in the spaces room, and through just me hearing her accent, I could tell that she's from the north of England, near where I live. Now, even though I'm not originally from the north of England, I'm from the south of England. I'm from a small town originally called Luton. Um, it's about 20 minutes outside of London, and Luton. For any for anyone who's thinking, the only person, nothing really much comes out of Luton. The only person that has come out of Luton is, um, ironically, Andrew and Tristan Tate. So that's where they're from. They're from Luton as well, from from the same town as them. But yeah, Lee Darby. I could tell from her accent, she's from the north of England. Got speaking to her, asking for her advice, and and this is what I'm saying, like. 
Lee Darby, Ricardo Black, they're very, very popular content creators. Lee Darby's world famous, but she's so humble and so nice. I saw myself, I still see myself as nobody, like tiny, minuscule content creator. She was willing to offer me advice. We got speaking. We found out we had mutual interests. And then we just used to meet and just talk and just started to started like a friendship. And then we started to see we had mutual interests. Um, a mutual attraction to one another and she was the first person I started to actually film the scene with we we got together and filmed some content and it just started to become a regular thing where we started making content and through then I think I visited Andy Lee I visited his studio he made a studio that's called now it's called Porn Star University that they always talk about in the media. Um, I visited the opening day of his um, uh, studio, Pornstar University. I met some other content creators down there who were moving to Manchester. Uh, one of them happened to be Kimbo the Bimbo and Kai Kai Baby, who are popular content creators. I filmed a scene with Kimbo, which happened to be her first collaboration from when she left Ireland and moved permanently permanently to England and it was her first interracial scene filmed ever I filmed that called Welcome to Manchester and from then it's just sort of been like on a roll where I filmed more content with Lee Darby I filmed content with other girls um Mad- Maddie Hunt and yeah, it's just sort of just been going on there. I've, I've filmed group sex scenes with me, Tony Rope, Kimbo the Bimbo, Maddie Hunt again, Kai Kai Baby. I've worked with Gantz. I've collaborated. Um, Gantz is a, a famous sort of videographer, cameraman over here in the UK. Well-respected, been around for many, many years. I've collaborated with him, collaborated with um, Dwayne D, 69, um, Lana Rose, who's not to get her confused with Lana Rhodes, the retired um, porn star, but Lana Rose, who's internationally famous as well, collaborated with her and little Louise. So it's through, I think through me being in the, being, being knowing how to network and just network and interact with people, I've been able to sort of go in a short space of time from unknown or nobody to now being i would say i'm i interact with influential and 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 good people in the industry so in total how long have you been a content creator and adult performer in the adult industry it's been a um it's been a very short time i'd say it's been since maybe november last year that's what's up, man. All right. Congratulations, because you have been doing a, a lot of work since then, so props to you. Yeah, I've, I've been doing a lot of work, um, but if, if, I'm, if, I've, if I be honest, if I be humble and honest, um, I haven't done as much as I could have. I've had some other things like with my normal vanilla work that's been really, really busy, but I've got some really really exciting work i think a lot of the work that i've got coming up now is i'd say you're going to see me being me i think before 
I think I was just sort of, just sort of maybe, I would say, as as we'd say in England, just getting my feet wet, sort of just dipping my toe in the water, film a scene here, do this scene, that scene. But I think a lot when you, how you're going to see how my, my image, my image and the type of content, you're going to see me for who I really am. And I think people will like, I think people will really enjoy it. It's just going to be me, unadulterated, sort of very open, very sort of just, it is what it is. I think people will like it. It's going to be more of an, I'd say more, more of a unique adult experience, a more of a darker image, but fun that people are going to get. I think they'll like it. They'll, I think people will like it a lot. Very nice. All right. So... Uh... To pick your brain a little bit, because you kind of fell into the adult arena really by chance for the most part. So I want to ask, prior to even Buff Butlering, had porn ever crossed your mind as something that you wanted to try out? Was there a teeny tiny little twinkle in the back of your mind, basically like, you know what, maybe I might want to try that one day? Or did it really just spiral from the buff butlering gig i to be honest i i hear this question asked to a lot of of uh people in the industry and many of them always have the same answer how it just happened or they didn't know but i think for me it's something i've always thought about because i've always had from i've been sexually active i've always had a very high sex drive always very had a high sex drive and I found that monogamy has always been one thing that I've struggled with. It's just, it's never, it's never, it's never suited me monogamy. But as I've become older and I've become more, you know, as I think, especially for, I don't know, I'm only going to speak for a man, but I think from a man, from a, from being a man, I think from when you hit your thirties, definitely your mid thirties, you you definitely start to know who you are. And I know now that, you know, I'm a non-monogamous person. There's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing to be ashamed about. I've got, a, you know, a very high sex drive, but I'd say I've got a very healthy attitude towards sex. Um, I love sex. I, you know, I, I love watching it. I love hearing it. I love talking about it. I love thinking of concepts of how to film it, sir. So, the porn industry is something that I've always wanted to work in, but I always knew because I would say I'm very much a realist. I knew that there's, there would, there, there's another side to it. It's not all, I always knew that what we see as the people looking who the viewers is the finished product, but there's, there's a different side to it as in the business. And as I've become more involved in it, I'm beginning to experience it and there's good and bad just like with everything in life. But yeah, I would say, yeah, I've always wanted to be involved in this industry because it, 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 it suited my, my personality, who I am. Let's talk about your performer name. I think it's incredibly unique. It's a bit of a spoof, a bit of a parody on an actual person, but I think it's brilliant. But how did you come up with your performer name? Well, how I first came up with it was maybe I've not come across like this in this interview, but I'm a very sort of humorous person. Like if 
I'm always the one cracking jokes out of my friends. I've always got jokes. I've always, you know, praying practical jokes on people. I'm, 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 I'm a goofball, basically, as a term that you might frequently use. I'm a goofball. I don't take myself seriously. I don't mind being the butt of the jokes myself. So I always wanted to, I didn't want to pick a name that would be like, you know, some people pick a name. I don't know. They might pick their name. They might, I don't think anyone's got his name, but this is just as an example. Someone might call themselves sexual chocolate or something like that. I didn't want to pick a name that was too much sort of sounded like I was obsessed with myself or something trying to sound too sexy. I wanted to pick a name that sort of came across kind of like funny as well. There's just more so to show that it's more than just the sex, even though the sex is important and it's obviously main part of the industry that, you know, I'll, at that time I wanted to get involved in but something more than that so I, I initially picked a name that now like I now I think this name is so corny and cringeworthy yeah but it was meant as a sort of a, as a joke in a way but I don't know can you remember um Papichulo can you remember the actor Clint Eastwood mm-hmm yeah well my first original name if anyone used to follow me from when I first had my Twitter in it, before I changed name. It was Clint Beastwood. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's spectacular yeah. as well. I like it. <laughs> it was Clint Beastwood, yeah? But what I found is, is that, let's say people who are 25, 26, 27, they don't know who Clint Eastwood is. Mm-hmm. So, to, to a lot of people, they wouldn't have no idea. They, they would just think, basically, the name oh, he just thinks he's like, I don't know, Master King Dick or something like that. It it came across as like how I didn't want people to perceive me. So what I realized was was um, when the whole thing was hit the media of Elon Musk buying Twitter, I'm by this time I was sort of just getting into the industry and I'm, and I'm in a, a WhatsApp group for UK content creators, a networking WhatsApp group. And there were some, um, some, uh, some people in the group who were saying, oh, Elon's going to buy Twitter. Is it going to be bad for us? Um, is he going to stop us putting, you know, content on Twitter and, and marketing our, our, our business on Twitter? And some people in the group were saying, you know, chill out. Elon Musk been on, he's been on Joe Rogan smoking weed on Twitter for, for crying out loud. He's going to be cool. He, he don't give a fuck. So like, and someone said, oh, he's must be watching porn himself. Yeah. And then someone said, just imagine, Someone said in, in the WhatsApp group, let's imagine he was a porn star. What would his name be? And that's when it just clicked in my head. And I said, ah, he'd call him, he, he could call himself Elon Musk. Yeah? And I thought to myself, that name, everyone knows who Elon Musk is. Young and old now, everyone knows who he is. And just Elon Musk, my name was originally D-Long, so as in L-O-N-G, D-Long Musk. But I thought, no, that's a bit too... It's a bit too obvious. I just thought, let me just make it, let me just make it really just, just like his name, just with an extra D and an E before it. And it's got a funny sort of catchiness to it. But then obviously with it being Elon Musk and with the industry I'm, I'm involved in, it's got that sort of cheeky kind of um, association with Dick to it as well. Yeah. So that's how the name came across. From then on, I just started, I rebranded changed all my socials to Elon Musk 
and that's it. And I think everyone likes the name. Every, when I tell people the name, they just laugh. Everyone likes the name. So I think I think I've got I think I've picked the right name. I completely agree with you on that. One hundred percent. So let's discuss your very first time doing a porn scene. Now clearly you're comfortable being naked with the buff butlering and that sort of thing, and you mentioned that you've done a little bit of exotic dancing, so clearly there is uh for lack of a better word, kind of like an exhibitionist streak in you. I feel like anybody who's in the adult industry has a little bit of exhibitionism in them, uh, you know, because they're comfortable being naked in front of the camera or in front of people and that sort of thing. So I'm curious, did all of that work as a buff butler, you know, sort of being semi-nude or even nude uh, with the exotic dancing and that sort of thing, did that help the very first time you did an actual hardcore scene. What was that very first experience like for you having sex in front of the camera? If I'll be honest, um, having sex in front of the camera was, um, was easy for me. It was actual the having, having the sex in front of the camera is easy. Um, from people who, who make porn or even people who, who just film it for their own enjoyment. What they would, what they could maybe attest to and admit is the difficult part is moving the cameras around and getting the right angle. But the actual having the sex, because like you said, I've, I've definitely got an exhibitionist streak in me because obviously through doing the butler in at the swingers clubs, I started attending the swingers clubs and I started to find that I like having sex in big and, and having big groups of people watching me like that turns me on. I like that when people are watching and you can see couples watching and they're sort of, you know, they're quietly talking amongst each other or you see them touching themselves. I, I like that. I like to have sex in big groups of people. Even I, I kind of see it as like a test for myself. Like even now I haven't had in the pornography industry, I haven't worked on big sets where I've been surrounded by people. But I know I'd, I'd have no problem, no problem performing. But, yeah, filming content, when my first collab with, with um, Lee Darby, um, actually the, the having sex in front of the camera is not a problem. It's not a problem. And even since I even having sex working, when I worked on a group scene with, it was me, um, Tony Rope, uh, the cameraman Gantz was there, Kimbo the Bimbo, Kai Kai Baby, uh, Madison Hunt. So there was like what about six people there? Perfectly fine. I've, I've, yeah, having sex in front, of, ha, having sex in front of the camera, isn't um, an issue for me. I think with some men, some men may get nervous if they haven't had sex in front of the camera. But like I said, I, I've, I've even before the, the butlering, I, I, you know, I spent years in the British Army, where. When you're training, you're in, you know, you're in a shower with 20, 30 guys, naked guys, you know. We've been out, you know, going out drinking as mates and, you know, we go out, pool girls, and we all have sex in a room, all in the same room. So me having sex in front of people is something I've been doing since I was a teenager. So it wasn't a problem with me. I think what might get into people's heads is, is the whole fact of them knowing that, um, the pressure that oh, I have to perform now because the camera's on. And there can be an element of that. But I think 
I don't know if I think because I'm naturally an exhibitionist and and I, and, I, and I like to, I'm a please, I like to please people and entertain. I sort of thrive on it where there are nerves in it, but I sort of, I sort of thrive on them nerves and be like, all right, come on, let's go, let's go. And I, I think it kind of, in some ways it can make me perform better because I'm like, I don't want the nerves to show on camera. So let's just go full feet, you know, let's just go full filth, 100% fast and furious. Let's just, if I was going to go, at, you know, speed seven i'm like oh no let's turn up now let's flip in you know i want spit everywhere i want to hear what the noise is i want everything what do you enjoy most about starring in porn scenes um i think now i i what i like is is i like the whole planning of the of the the scenes like the planning let's say if we're going to do role play and then planning what clothes we're going to wear and then I like have I like interacting a lot with the cameraman as well like having an input maybe let's try this angle and then that angle and then I like doing everything in different stages and then it all coming together and seeing at the end and then it all looks glossy like because even I edit myself so like most of nearly 98% of my content that you see it will be filmed and edited by me but that will be something in the near future which is going to change i'm going to have i'm going to be doing a lot of collaborations with 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 with, with a cameraman there a videographer just for the the professional look it just looks much better you can capture different angles and move around but i know i think it's good that i've been through the stage where i've i've had a ring light and filming it and recording it on a phone where i've been i've learned how to edit and and do content myself but yeah i think my favorite part is yeah I, I i love the performing i love everything but i do like when you've got all the content you've got the content in its raw stage and then you start to edit it and then when you start to see it all come together and then it looks like a finished product i, I get a buzz out of that i love that when you're doing a scene when you're doing a shoot what turns you on the most and what turns you off the most when you're on set for a shoot? I think what will turn me on the most is if I would say, you know, if whoever I'm working with, there's this genuine attraction, genuine attraction, and you just really get along. Like um, the, the, the scene I filmed with Kimbo the Bimbo, Welcome to Manchester, the first solo scene with her. I first met her at Andy Lee's studio um, in Cambridgeshire, and I just got along with her. She's she's funny as fuck. She's just like me, got a crazy, goofball sense of humor, wild, loud, fucking. She, me and her, we're, we're both like very, we're not sensitive, so we can make jokes about all sorts of subjects and find the funny in everything. So then when we met in Manchester to work together, it was just, she lives with her for her friend, Kai Kai Baby, and we just had a laugh, man. We just had a laugh. So I was really attracted to her. I find her really sexy, and she's fucking crazy as fuck. She's funny as fuck. So that just made it that much. It made that, that was a real turn on for me. So I think the attraction, but then also the, the sort of them being like there's a natural chemistry there as well 
And also what I like is what turns me on. I don't like because some people in the industry, their their tone of sex, I use that term, their tone of sex can be quite, I'd say maybe vanilla or quite kind of, I don't know. You know, fuck it. I'll just be honest. Some people, their sex looks very boring, very like reserved, where with me, I, I, I want I want my 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 sex my on camera to look like what I would like to watch in porn, which is exciting, filthy, fucking furious, this this exciting high octane fucking. That's what I want to see, and that's what I want to make. So, Kimbo, she got a high sex drive as well. She's wild. So, they're things which turn me on, and to turn me off. I would say if if I haven't I haven't come um, in contact with anyone like this, but someone who's maybe like really rude, like a diva kind of attitude, or even which could be worse is is poor hygiene, poor hygiene, and then I don't know. I think to put something in typically black at the end. I think. Would be if it was really cold. <laughs> I've I've had a friend of mine who worked on, on set with a production company, and I remember him saying that the 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 where they had him working in the studio was freezing cold, and he, it was a nightmare for him to get hard. So yeah, I put cold a cold and cold environment as as, as the last thing. For those that are tuning in that maybe they haven't had the chance to see one of the productions that you've starred in. How would you describe your fuck style for them? How would you describe your style of fucking? I know that you went into it just a hair, but I want to get a bigger, like a better breakdown of what they can expect from a Elon Musk performance. Um, what you're going to see is, I'd say just pure filth. If that's what I could say, I'm going to use a term like, like I know in America you'd say like yeah a, a freak yeah but over here in UK I'd say I'm just a nasty fucker when it comes to the bedroom yeah if 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 you turn me on if if I'm attracted to you yeah who knows what could go on between me and your bedroom if I find you sexy yeah we could do anything like I'm just a fucking filthy fucker like I like to be a lot of like intense in whatever I do, whether if it's eating pussy, I love eating pussy, if I'm eating pussy, if I'm eating ass, if it's foreplay, kissing the body, everything, I like to be intense, wet, a whole load of spit, um, a whole load of eye contact. I, I also like, I like certain positions I do, I like show off fucking. So I like to do positions that maybe some people can't do there. They're not physically fit or physically agile or flexible to get themselves in certain positions. These are things I'm going to do a lot more in the future as well, where crazy positions and like, yeah, it's just, I'd just say this, this, my fuck stars is, it's just wild. <laughs> I think that's the best way to say it. It's just wild and fucking, yeah, this wild, wet and wild. That I think that that is my style. Let's break a scene down. In a scene, which do you enjoy the most? 
oral, vag, or anal? Um, for, for use of a better term, this is a hard one because I love I I, I, I love them all. I would say um, I love vaginal, but what I I love doing, I'm a pleaser. I like to I love nothing more than opening a, a woman's legs giving her oral but where she's lying down on her back where I can see I can see on her face I can see her close her eyes I can see her eyes open wide when I hit a certain spot I can I can have my hands running up and down her body I can feel every tremble I can feel it all I can and even at the same time then there's I can be eating pussy and pleasing her ass at the same time. I can have a finger in her ass and then I can start eating her ass. And through oral, I think oral is like through doing it and even watching it, it can be so intense where like I like doing things like fingering her and then putting the fingers in my mouth and putting the fingers on her ass and putting it in my mouth and then putting it in her mouth and spitting my fingers, spitting her ass. Like, like I like all of that stuff. So, even though I love the pussy and even I like anal as well. I've never done an anal scene on camera, but that's something that's going to be coming up um, very soon with a, a, a content creator that is um, famous for doing really, really good anal scenes. But yeah, I, even though I love the pussy, but I think with the oral is the orals like the orals like, the oral, it's, it's like the foundation of a building, isn't it? It's like that concrete foundation. Before you can go upstairs and start decorating the rooms, you've got to get that, con- that, that foundation firm. So the oral is like the foundation. So I think for this question, I'd say, yeah, the oral first. But a lot more other things are, are coming, especially in regards to the anal. In a scene, do you enjoy being rimmed? Now it's interesting you've asked that 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 question because I've only been rimmed I think once in my life and it was a it was an awkward experience for me because it's something it's something that's that's like very very new for me and even though like a lot of my mates in the industry my male mates they get rimmed by the girls and and they they love it they love it like they they love getting rimmed but it's a, it's something that i i think it's going to happen in the future where you're going to see some content with me rimming but i don't know why i think maybe only certain positions i might get rimmed on but it's it's weird because when i'm when i'm when i'm when I, well we over in england we call it wanking when i'm masturbating wanking like I, I, I like playing with my gooch area. I like rubbing it. But I think maybe, I, I think I've just got a, I think I've got to work with the right person who, who makes me feel comfortable doing all of that. And then I think once that sort of, that is like, that threshold's broken, I think then it'll just be me being back to like the filthy, nasty fucker I am and I'll fucking, I'll have my face and fucking, everyone I'll, I'll have my ass in everyone's face after that but it's something where i think it's it's good where my audience it'll be good for my audience because you'll kind of see me sort of go through 
a transition and, and grow and a journey where you'll see I'll let people know there's certain things I haven't done and this is my first time doing it. And then you can sort of see whether it's something I carry on and get more experienced in and enjoy more and you see more of my content or it could be something that I don't like so you don't see it. But I think the rimming thing is the rimming is something it's and this is this is how it's it's quite strange because I love rimming others. Like I love rimming girls. I love licking ass. I love eating ass. There's nothing more. I I love that. Like if even I used to say this like before I even got in the industry. If I meet a girl and eat her pussy and, and, and rim her on the first night, then that means I think she's fucking hot. And if I think someone's sexy and hot as fuck, then if I've if I've ate your ass, that's how you know. That's how you know. I fucking love it. I love it. In a scene, what's your favorite sexual position to perform for the camera? And is it the same? Is it your same favorite position off camera? Um, my favorite position. I think on for the for the for the camera. I think my favorite mm-hmm. position is a position that they call the pretzel. Have you have you heard of that before, Papachulo? I don't think I've heard of the pretzel. Okay, well, you, you've definitely seen it. I think you would just might have just ref- heard it referred into a different term. It's not really <laughs> a word for it. Basically, like, okay, let's say um, I've got a girl sitting on top of me, but um, sitting on top of me, but I'm we're both our heads are both facing the same direction. So basically, I've from where I'm looking, I can see the back of her head. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I'm not not lying down as normal as like when a girl's riding a guy. I'm sort of kind of sitting. I'm sitting up a bit, and basically what I'll do is I'll have her legs up where I'm holding her legs up near her head. So basically, her legs are up. I've got her legs up and sort of like her body. The the way it's sort of shaped is sort of shaped like a pretzel in that way. And basically, I like mm-hmm. that position. If you get where, basically, you can just see everything. It's very clear. As long as the camera's in front of you, you're going to see it all. There's no, like, oh, you can only see this part of the dick and that part of the pussy. You can see fucking everything. You see everything. Thrust, everything. If she's creaming, you see everything. If you fucking cream pie, you see it all drip out. It's, it's, I like that. It's fucking sick. Well, in, in down south in England, we say, we say it's pucker. Uh, us pucker. I love that. So basically, it's just like her on top, but like what they'd call reverse cowgirl. But you've got if if she's nimble and, and um, flexible enough, you'll have her legs and her hands sort of pinned up, or even sometimes you can put your arms underneath her her knees, underneath her knees, and have her legs up and just be fucking like that. But you can just see everything. Your legs are open, her legs are fucking wide open, and you can just see everything from the front. That's my favorite scene for the camera. And then for in person, it's either going to be one that I've, I've kind of given it this term, the aeroplane, which is basically a missionary position, but her legs are spread eagle. So her legs are like in like a V shape, but you try and get them as wide as possible. And what I would do is, this is like a variation I do. I will either have my, I'll be on my toes, so I'm on top of her, but I'm on my toes, so sort of like I'm doing a plank, but my hands 
that this is just how fucking filthy I am. My hands will be around her throat. And from there, I can stare in your eyes. I can deep penetration. And then we can also as well, we can kiss and spit in each other's mouth from that position as well. And even if I tilt my head the right way, I can fuck and spit on the pussy at the same time. So that, I think that is my one of my personal favorites. And then just another variation of that is where it'd be sort of missionary, but I'd have her legs bent. And when what I do is I put the bottom of her feet on basically where my shoulders are. So the front of my shoulders, I'll have her legs bent, bottom of her feet on my shoulders. I always found with that angle, I can sort of bend them. And just because my dick is, I've got like a curved dick. So like some people, when their dick get hard, it, you know, it might point, it might, a lot of guys, it points straight. Yeah. But mine, it sort of points up towards my belly button. So the way my dick shaped, when I do them in that position, it, it, it's really good for getting them to come orgasm and it can induce a lot of squirting and I fucking things you're going to see in my content. So you'll see, I, I, I love squirting. I love making a, I love fucking a girl from that position, making her squirt and then just quickly flipping positions and catching it in my mouth and drinking it and then spitting on her and stuff like that. I love that shit. So yeah, I'd say, yeah, the, the pretzel for on camera and then two variations, the airplane, and then the one where her, the bottom of her feet are on my shoulders. They're my favorite, as in personal favorites. And, of course, we know how a scene ends with the cum shot, the money shot. In a scene, where is your favorite place to shoot your load? I love a cream pie. I'd say in the pussy. In the pussy or either in the pussy or in the ass. I love that. But then I also love, I love watching it drip out as well. Like I did a scene with... Um, well, I did two actually, but and I ended them both the same way with a content creator called D Melons from over here. D Melons and um, D Melons got like a big round ass, and I finished off the scene in it was like a, a kind of basically like a doggy scene, but doggy where she was like basically face down, ass up, so like her her chest was on the bed, but her ass was like was. In Jamaica, they'd say her ass was cock out. It was cocked up, put facing up in the air. And I just went fucking, I just went ham. I went fucking crazy behind her. I went crazy behind her. And I was screaming. She was screaming. And then when I finished, I just grabbed up. We had two cameras set up on ring lights, but we also had a POV, POV unit that I could put the phone in to record. And I grabbed that. And then at the end, you can see all the cum just drip, drip down her fanny, drip down her pussy, drip down her belly, and then start dripping the bed. Nothing. Yeah. I know, obviously, for the camera, the, the cum shot in the face is obviously we call the money shot. But my personal favorites are the cream pie, whether it be the cream pie in the pussy or cream pie in the ass. And I've done that a couple of times. I've done that with Dean Mellon's, done that with Rosa. I've done that, yeah, I've done that with Lee Darby. I think the only one I did a cum shot on the face with, I might have done a cum, yeah, a cum shot on the face was with with Kimbo, the first scene. But yeah, I prefer the cream pie. Now it's time for the big question, a question I'm sure a lot of the listeners and your fans might be curious to know the answer to. How much is Elon Musk packing? Um, 
unpacking 7.2 inches. Yeah, I'd say, yeah, hard 7.2 inches. I ain't the biggest. I ain't the smallest. But I know what I'm doing, and I've got a good curve on me. <laughs> That's one thing I definitely got. I think God's helped me out there. He's, he's given me a good curve on my dick where that's always been a something uh an advantage to me but obviously through years of experience i know how to use it as well but outside of the huge curve you do have a new accessory oh yeah i do i have quite a few um (laughs) accessories uh one that i've recently uh used and it's had a very very good reception so you actually reminded me that's that's going to be something you people are going to be seeing a lot in my content and hopefully it'll be something that a lot of people will talk about um yeah um i've recently through one of my friends works at um a very popular tattoo and piercing studio in manchester and um i've got my septum pierce i've had my septum pierce for over 10 years now I had it done like before it became very popular, but I've always spoke to him saying about some other piercings that I want to get done. And he's always said to me, oh, you keep fucking talking about this and that, but you're never going to do it. But he's thinking of maybe emigrating to Australia. A lot of people do that in England. If they can make quite a bit of money, they'll emigrate to Australia because obviously there's a lot of Brits and Australians. We have a lot in common, but it's just the weather's better. So he's thinking about going over there. So, I said, I thought, fuck, that there's certain piercings I want to get done. I thought, you know what, I'm just going to fucking do it. I've wanted to do them for years. So I've got a venom piercing on my tongue, which is basically I've got my tongue pierced twice, two piercings that are parallel, so side by side. I've got my nipples pierced, and I've also got a Prince Albert. So I've got a, a, a my cock pierced as well. Now, break that down for the listeners, because I'm sure there are many people out there that are like, how, how do you do anything with that? You know, aren't you worried about this? Aren't you worried about that? Can you break it down for the listeners about how one with the Prince Albert gets it in? Um, when you first, if, I, if, if I'll be honest, because a lot of people speak about it, like, obviously, when I do life modeling gigs, it's like, it's like the party trick. It's like the icing on the cake because the women are nervous seeing a, a black man naked. But then when they see, because it's different in the U.S., um, even with a lot of the piercings that I've got, they're very sort of um, taboo for black men to have, for straight black men to have, especially coming from a Jamaican background or African background. They're sort of seen as things that as you know we shouldn't do. When I mean we, I'm talking as in like black people in general, but I'm I'm me. I like what I fucking like. I don't care who fucking doesn't like you or thinks it's a bit weird or this or that. I've always, even though I like all sorts of music, I've always been into sort of kind of the rock kind of themed thing, rock, emo, skating. I've always liked that kind of gothic kind of slight with a bit of goth look. So, yeah. So, if I would, when so when people see my piercings and they ask me about them, and there's going to be some more. I'm going to get some more. There's, there's definitely going to be about maybe two or three more piercings that I'm going to have that people will see in the content. But um, when I had my nipples pierced, the actual feeling of the the piercing needle going through the nipple 
that was the most painful. But I like nipple stimulation. My nipples are very sensitive. And even through having my nipples pierced, it hasn't made them any less sensitive. I, I love it. But that was the most painful. But actually having the, the Prince Albert, the piercing going through, basically it goes through the, how can I explain it? So obviously you'll, you'll get this opportunity because obviously you've got a dick yourself. But um, basically where the tip is, you've got the, as you, let's say if you look at your own cock, you've got the, I would call it the, the front side to the tip, but then you've got the other side to the, the tip where basically uh, a sharp needle is placed on that just before the part of your head that sort of splits just before your, your, we'd say the jap side, you, oh, sorry, that might be offensive to some people, but like your jap side, your urethra comes out, you're sort of the end, sort of the bell end of your dick kind of look like an M or just basically about maybe a quarter of an inch, or maybe less, much less than that below it, a sharp needle is placed, a bar is placed, a, a short bar is placed in your urethra, just to basically show where the needle is going to go. It's a, it's a wafer-thin piece of skin, and it's just placed through, and then a ring is placed through, comes out your urethra, um, they there's a ball that locks in the ring and it's done. But even though it was, it was, it wasn't even really painful. It felt like a scratch. It was the worst in regards to nerves because of where it was. I was very nervous, very apprehensive. Like the guy who did my piercing Marcus, I remember he, he, when, when I got it done, cause this was a recent piercing, I got this done on May the 6th. So this was when in England, uh, Prince Charles became king. So we made a joke about it, that Prince Charles is becoming king and I'm becoming a new prince. But, yeah, I would I was lying down in the studio on the bed and I'd say, yeah, I'm ready. Just before he's about to do it, I'd, I'd shit myself. I'd, 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 as you'd say, I'd, I'd, be, I'd become scary. And I'd be like, no, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. Then I'd be like, okay, okay, I'm ready. And then I'd be like, no, 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 wait. So the nerves was fucking, was killing me. And even though, his room was like well ventilated. I was sweating like a motherfucker. I was sweating like a motherfucker. And I thought, you know what? Fuck this. I've already paid for it. Yeah. I want to do it. Yeah. So I just said, fuck it. Go on. And I just took a deep breath, closed my eyes and fucking did it. Yeah. So, and, but yeah, the, the, I'd say the worst part about it is sort of kind of the healing process. So, after I got the piercing done, there was no blood, which even the guy who did my piercing, Marcus, was shocked. But they give you, like, some, some like, pads to put in your underwear. And let's say about after about 20, 25 minutes, then I could feel it start bleeding. And then it will bleed for about a day or two. But what I did was, obviously, I didn't take any painkillers or anything because painkillers can thin your blood, which can mean more bleeding. Because obviously the, the penis area is a vascular area, a lot of veins there. So what I did was I found out that, I did my own research, I found that vitamin K can clot the blood. And actually, I don't know if they do it in the US, but in the UK, they will offer, when a newborn baby is born, they'll offer the parents if they want the kid to have a vitamin K injection because it helps clot the blood. So I did my research and found out that the highest like natural source of vitamin K is from the fruits that are called dates. So I bought some dates and I just ate loads of dates to help clot the blood. 
and within about a day and a half, the bleeding stopped. But then it's just it can be it can be uncomfortable when you're walking, feeling it move. You'll you'll feel everything. So what I did was I like to wear loose underwear, or even a lot of the times I don't wear underwear. A lot of the times I'll go commando, and that's just a habit I got from being in the army. Yeah, but what I through having the piercing done when it was in its early healing stages, I had to go and buy like tight fitting boxer shorts, tight fitting underwear just to hold it in place so it doesn't move around all the time. But after after a while, it will stop feeling. You'll stop. You will stop feeling every movement of the ring in your dick and it'll become all right and then i'd say after about three weeks i first had sex with it in where to sort of i kind of i kind of pushed the ring a bit more in my urethra but and then same thing like i I haven't had anal sex with it but i've had vaginal sex with it in and it was it was an experience she said she felt it she could feel the difference straight away. But this girl's a squirter. But what I noticed is from the, it felt like, I don't know if it was because of the intensity of us having sex. We haven't had, we didn't, haven't had sex in a while. But as soon as I put it in, she said she could feel it and she started squirting. I could feel warm, the warm liquid that's come out of her pussy straight away. But when it came to thrusting, certain times it felt good and certain times it felt very awkward and sort of like, annoying but when i spoke to my friend marcus he's had a prince albert piercing for over 20 years and different types of piercings he's had in his cock yeah and he said give it maybe a month and it will start to feel it'll start to you'll start to feel good you you won't feel any pain or any you know any irritation but yes yeah, it's, it's fine it's starting to feel good now like i can wank with it in like everything's fine it's just I've had to change the technique of wanking a little bit, but yeah, even if, you know, if you go on my, my, my on my OnlyFans, um, I've got, I've, I've, yeah, I filmed my first wank with it in. Come shot was fine. I remember asking when I, before I had it done, you know, you know, if I pissed, is it going to come out funny or, you know, would this, would this harm the trajectory, tra- trajectory of my cum shot? But it's just the same. It's just the same. Let's talk about the cum shot. We discussed the money shots a couple of questions ago, but I want to get your take on being a performer, doing a scene, knowing that you have to come for the camera and that sort of thing. What do you do to prepare for that? What do you do to prepare to make sure that the cum shot looks good for the camera? I would say, for me personally, I wouldn't want to have had sex or masturbate till I come I'd say at least three or four days before that I would would want to have at least three or four days for really for optimum to have a good heavy cum shot I wouldn't want to have sex for like maybe seven days but um, I would say having a good diet so I eat a lot of porridge I eat a lot of fresh fruit a lot of nuts um that are good i eat a lot of fresh vegetables uh, i eat meat i eat meat i eat fish i've got a good diet and i exercise as well exercise is good exercise is good for your sex drive it's, you know it's how especially a lot of um 
cardiovascular exercise where you know you can do you know weights and stuff like that and press ups and whatever but the most important muscle in your body is your heart your heart pumps blood around you so especially for men you know for our dick we need that blood pumping fast and 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 good so things that are good for your blood i eat a lot of fresh garlic i eat a lot of ginger fresh ginger i a lot of the food that i eat is like fresh and 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 i've got a good balanced healthy diet so these things that you eat and you know i i I eat a lot of honey and things like that so these things are good for your your body and your sexual health so i would say just if if I'm if I've got a good scene coming up and I know I need a a, a good cum shot, I I wouldn't overeat. Have something light, but make it all nutritious. Um, also, for the person who who's going to receive the cum shot, I drink a lot of water. Drink a lot. Of, if I'm going if I know I'm going to shoot the day before and the day of it, I'll drink a lot of pineapple juice. But the person who I recently collaborated with. When I had sex for the first time with the with the um, my Prince Albert piercing in, I also eat a lot of fresh coconut oil as well in the morning, and they could taste that as well. So, yeah, man, just guys, get on, start eating healthy, start eating good because these people, you know, the the people who are gonna who are gonna you know be in a situation of receiving your cum if they can taste it, they'll be able to taste, you know what you consume so make sure you consume good ain't that the damn truth i think people need to remember we are what we eat whatever you put into your system clearly is going to be expressed in what you release aka the cum yes yep. what i think is helps out a lot is um i i try and do it like it might not it must be not a tradition in, in, in America, but it's definitely not a sort of tradition in the UK, but it is in Europe. In a lot of the European countries like Paris, Italy, uh, did I say, no, Paris is a city, but like France, Italy, Spain, it's very common for people to have even half a glass or a glass of red wine after their dinner. And that's, um, even science has shown that it's very healthy for you. And especially for men, it's, it's healthy in regards of maintaining testosterone which is obviously good for your sex drive. So even after my dinner, I'll, I'll drink, I'll have, I'll drink a little bit of red wine. I'll also drink, uh, another drink, which is popular in the Caribbean. We drink in Jamaica, which is called sorrel and ginger, which is a plant based drink, uh, a flower called sorrel that's boiled and made into a juice. I'll drink that with ginger. These things are very good antioxidants. Uh, they're very good for, you know, your blood and, keeping your blood circulation good so these things can also help with your sexual performance so i say people eat and drink good man and get good results so far in the time that you've been in the industry who have been some of your most favorite performers to work with are there any performers that immediately come to mind as standout scenes um i'm going to mention someone who i've worked with but it's because I've been able to see how professional he is and to the level that he performs with the level that he performs at, I'd say, and this is a male performer who, um, we did a, a group scene with some girls, Tony rope, um, Tony rope. Very He's professional. awesome. Yep. I like how he works. Um, and 
yeah, just he's he's got he's got a very good work ethic. This there's this year, I, I'd say this nearly every month. I'm just calling it Tony the month of Tony Rope. He's just working everywhere. He's everywhere. But yeah, watching him how he performs, I've picked up little things from like where you place your arms, where you place your hands, where you put your legs. So obviously, having sex on camera is different to having sex in person. In in person, it's all about pleasure. Obviously, in camera, you got to think about the pleasure of the people that are going to watch your content. So you want them to see as much as possible. So these are things that I learned from working with Tony and watching him work. So, yeah, I'd say male performer, I'd say Tony Rope, as in female performer collaborating with, which has been the, I don't know if I can pick. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I've got different things from from different people. So if I would, if I'd say for energy wise, for energy while you're fucking like Kimbo the Bimbo, she's got the energy. She's got like she's just got a filthy mouth on her. Yeah. So all the noises and the things she says, I'll fucking love it. She'll be like, oh, I'm a filthy slut. Bring your cock here. Slap it in my face, like. And she's got a, a thick, strong Irish accent, which I find is a big turn on. And then, but then, then, but then there's Lee Darby as well. There's things that Lee Darby will say when we're fucking her. She'll be just, is it like something she says like in her like in her thick north northwest English accent? She always say like, I remember when she'll be like, ah, oh, don't stop. The way she'll say it, she'll be like, don't stop, don't stop. And she'll like, she'll be like, come in, fuck this pussy the way it needs to be fucked, like. Her energy as well is just like, it's fucking up there. It's a big turn on. It's a big, big turn on for me. And then you've got Rosa, amateur Rosa as well. Like her, like her sophisticated look. She's got like a very sort of dark, sophisticated, but like slim, slender, attractive look. But like, she's got like a, I don't know, like a, a, a sordid, like, sordid like filthy sexy side to her where yeah I've, yeah I'm, now i'm even talking about these girls reminiscing i feel like flipping, <laughs> arranging a collab shoot some content tonight but yeah I've, I've got so many different things from the girls so it's, it's hard for me to pinpoint but i can pick different things from the different women that i've um collaborated with but yeah so I, I think for male content creator, just watching how Tony Rope works and the things that I've picked up from him, and also with with Gantz, the cameraman, like Gantz giving me advice, like do this and do that. They're people that I'd say they stand out, but I, I can't pick a girl. I can just pick different things about different different uh, women that I've collaborated with. Now. It's time for the power of manifestation. Yeah. Who have you not worked with yet that you look forward to working with in the future? Who's on Elon Musk's wish list? See, now what I'm going to do is I'm not going to, I'm just going to pick someone that I want to work with. I'm not going to say someone's name that is, I'm not going to pick a name for because of their following. Yeah, I'm just going to pick someone for like, as I say, I like and I like their their sexual energy and 
I think me and them got the same, very similar sexual energy. This girl's just a fucking freak like me. But this girl's, she's more like very experienced. She's a queen of anal porn. And I'd love for my first on-camera anal scene to be for her that I do it with. But there's a, a content creator. She's, I think she's worked with a few. She's worked with a, a lot in Europe. And she, I think she might have worked with, is it Porn Star POV, a male content creator who films just porn, a male black content creator just films it from the POV angle. But her name is Azura Ali. She's from England. She's from the West Midlands in England, but Azura Ali. Yeah, her, she's, she's fucking, her energy, her sexual energy is just up there. She's even famous for doing like, when she's taking cum, um, cum shots for like holding her eyelids open so she can take the cum in her eyes. Like she's very extreme and I, I like extreme intense porn. That's a lot of my con, a lot of my new content is all going to be going down that route. I'm about, I'm about like extreme intense pushing boundary stuff. So for someone that I'd want to work with, I would say, Azura. The reason why I say Azura Ali because there's someone else, but I'm I've already got a date that I'm booked in in the next. I'd say in the next two months that I'm gonna work with, I've already booked it. I've got a, a videographer, a cameraman booked, so that, that that that's already set in stone. But yeah, other than that, I'd say yeah, definitely, I'd say Azura Ali, Azura Ali. You kind of mentioned it maybe in the previous question, but I want to ask this anyway. As someone who's a fresh face in the industry, as someone who has been in the industry now for a little over half of a year, I want to get your take on, are there any individuals in the industry, whether they be in front of the camera or behind the camera, that you look up to? Is there anyone or are there any individuals in the industry that inspire you? With what you're trying to do i would say work ethic wise i would say i'm inspired by by tony rope even me and tony rope we used to speak on the phone a lot yeah so like i met tony rope through ricardo black and um me and tony rope used to speak nearly every day nearly every day and even like once i've <laughs> when i speak to other people about this i say one what basically one day Tony Rope called me. We was we was trying to arrange a um a gangbang with um with another female content creator. And obviously because that's one thing I don't think I don't think Tony's done a gangbang scene yet. But we was trying to arrange a gangbang scene. And um at this time I was I was working, but I was doing a temporary position, working for a construction firm doing like grounds grounds work, which is not really my trade, but I just I was just doing it because I didn't have any work on it at the time. And I remember he, he spoke to me as if, like, I was his son. And he said, like, what the fuck are you doing, basically? He said, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. He's like, you're certified. So I've got all my certifications that I'm, you know, my sexual health is, is safe. I'm, you know, I'm clear. Uh, I can work. He goes, you've got a car. And he goes, you live in the north of England. Now, even though obviously a lot of content creators in in England, uh, you know, are based in London, but they're everywhere. Everyone, there's there's so many good quality people to work with. He said, "What the fuck are you playing at?" 
I remember he said, like, why aren't you working? He goes, every day that you're not doing vanilla work or on the weekends, you haven't got any butler jobs or anything on. He goes, you should be just fucking filming. He goes, you should just be filming. And he just spoke to me like, but it, it was because I've had a background of being in the army. I'm not sensitive and I've got no problem with people being blunt and honest and even being like rude to me if it's needed. Yeah. And he just spoke to me. He said like, yo, what the fuck are you playing at? He goes, what the fuck are you playing at? He's like, I can't basically speak to people and recommend you if you're not putting the fucking work in. He said, get working. So I'd say for work ethic, um, Tony, Tony Rope, I would say for, for someone who I respect for much behind the camera is Gantz. Gantz um, usually uses social handles as Gantz underscore PV. He's been around for years. But then another um, another male content creator who I, oh, I actually like, a lot of people don't, well, a lot of guys or a lot of guys might not mention him, but his name is, I like his name as well. It's a, it's a play on a, a name from a film as well, but his name is Bilbo Shaggins, which is obviously a play on Bilbo Baggins from Lord of the Rings. But in America, you might not use the, the it might not have a, such a ring to it, but obviously... In England, the term shag, we use the term shag to mean fuck. So if someone says, like, oh, do you fancy shag? Well, I want a shagger. It means I want, I want a fucker. But, yeah, he's a content creator, a white guy called um, Bilbo, Bilbo Shaggins. But his content is, like, it's quite, it's very, like, extreme. So not very, but it's quite extreme. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of slapping in it, a lot of spanking, a lot of spit play. Like, I like that. It's, like, even the way how... His image is very sort of kind of, he's got like a kind of sort of, he's very aesthetically good looking. So he's got a good physique, but it's like a dark kind of, kind of gothic, kind of, yeah, kind of gothic Viking kind of rustic image. And and, and a lot of the girls that I've seen him um, collaborate with have the image that like, I want to sort of avenue the road that I want to go down, like quite dark gothic sort of bdsm kink fetish kind of look so yeah so so for the style of content i would say bilbo shaggins work ethic and the advice that i've got from him tony rope and then behind the camera gantz yeah gantz and then for obviously for manifestation for someone who i'd like to work with who if I if I if my first female scene could be with her, you know, I'd say, and I and I like her personality because me and her have uh, sort of spoke with exchanged messages through Instagram as well. We've got a similar sense of humor. I'd say Azura Ali. Let's talk about your original content. I know that we've we've been talking about it in essence throughout this entire interview, but I want to focus on it now. For someone that subscribes, what type of content can they expect to see from you? I think what you're going to see from me is you can see different things from different people, I would say, because what you have to be aware is, is everyone is different. So like when I collaborate with people, I always sit down and discuss with them. Again, it's something I discuss with them before we meet. We will either discuss with it over the phone 
or on on FaceTime, and it's something I discuss on the day before we work, I always go through people's boundaries. So, you know, what they like and what they don't like, what they're what they consent to and what they don't consent to. So you may have in your head how you want a scene to go, but there may be certain things that the person who you're working with they don't like or they don't consent to. So for certain people, you get different type of different types of um sides of me. So let's say like for me with Kimbo, you get the wild side. I'd say you just get you'd get like my my wild side where it's just like it's just like adventurous fucking this adventurous hard fucking spitting, slapping, spanking, pulling, hair pulling. You get that from me. With when I've collaborated with Lee Darby, I think because me and her I've built like a good sort of um friendship with her and like a genuine attraction with her where I've helped her I've like helped her set up her many vids account and and shown her even though I'm bad with technology I've shown her certain things with technology and she's given me a lot of advice on on, on the industry because she has a lot of knowledge and wisdom so like for me and her that's more I would say of like um watching if anything, it's anything, it's, it's, it's closer to like watching a couple fuck. So you get to see like real, just real fucking as if the cameras weren't there when I've, when I've collaborated with, with Lee Darby. And then with, with Rosa, when I've collaborated with Lee, um, amateur Rosa, who's a very, she's actually internationally well-known, um, some of the scenes we filmed got a good feedback from Diesel who spoke about it, who I think you've interviewed as well. But, um, mm-hmm. yes, the legend. Yeah. She's, she's more amateur Rosa's more her sort of thing is the hot wife. So she's does a lot of hot wife. She does a lot of, um, cuckold content. So with her, it's kind of like, I don't know. It's, it's like playing the role of like, you're just, I don't know, it's, 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 it's got that sort of kind of like hot date feel to it where you're just going to go see someone, we're just going to have some fucking hot, filthy sex, and then you just fuck off. You're off. So it's like, and because even though me and Rosa, we live in the same city, we, I've been busy, she's been busy, so we've worked twice. Uh, the second time, actually, the second time I worked with her, she tried to do something different, which I liked. She did like a, a 12 hour stream. So she was doing like a 12 hour stream. So she was on OnlyFans live like all day from like 10 o'clock in the morning, I think till 10 o'clock at night. And I was the closing performer with her. So basically she had like, she collabed with the tag team who part of the tag team was, I can't remember his name. I'm not even going to say it, but um, one of them, I think his name was Alex or Jack. And then the other partner in his tag team was, was actually Bilbo Shaggins. They was with her for an hour or two. Then her, her cuck, she did a lot of cut content throughout the day. And I think she did a girl, girl scene in that day. And then I was actually, because it was on a Saturday, this was Saturday, the 25th of March this year. I was doing Butler and life model gigs. 
So I came through at the I came through about seven, eight o'clock. And then we just like she basically it was kind of like what you're doing now where you she was interviewing me, asked me about the butlering uh, lifestyle and what goes on. Then I did like a demonstration with her, like a couple of the games, how we play, and then we went in the bedroom and we just had some hot fucking sex. It was fucking it was amazing. So you get sort of kind of that side. I think with, with Rosa, what I kind of, it kind of brings out kind of like, I kind of get like, it's like the vibe of when I used to go to swingers, swingers clubs. So when I used to go to swingers clubs, it, I would always be excited. I'd be thinking like, who, who, who am I going to meet tonight? You know, who am I going to meet tonight? Who am I going to be fucking tonight? Like, but with Rosa, it's kind of got that feel because it's the, because she's a hot wife. It's got that. It's got that kind of that excitement, that kind of feel of like, oh, what we're we gonna do tonight, kind of thing. So I think you get different sides to me in the, in the content, and with with solo content, we're like where it's just me playing with myself. I try and keep that as just more just what I'd generally be like if I was having a, a wank, or as you call it, a jerk off, or I was jerking off myself. So it's just it's just normal me having like a fucking a normal a normal wank, but I think there's kind of sometimes two different types of wanks I can have. I can have like I'd, I'd call it like a like a frustrating wank, like a quickie wank where you just want to come, you just need that release, and then there's a different type of wank where you you're actually taking time and you're stimulating different areas of your dick and. You're giving yourself a good rub down. You might get some oil involved or even on the last jerk off video I did, it was, I didn't even use any oil. It was all spit. It was all spit with my, with my new, um, cock ring in. It was all spit and it was just like taking a lot of time. And then it was a big come shot at the end. So I think, yeah, through watching my content, you get, I think to keep it simple, you get me, you get different, you, you, you get different the different sides of me from my content. And I think, in a way, that's kind of good with collaborating with different people who have different personalities because through that, you're able to see different sides to me. How often do you release new content? Lately, the only content I've been releasing now has been solo content. That's just obviously because I've been healing up from my piercings. But we are in, it's June the 7th today, I have some collabs coming. I'm going to a content creators networking event and was networking event, but also there's going to be a lot of content filmed there. That's going to be on the 23rd of June to the 25th. Um, I may have, I may, we haven't got it set in stone yet. I may have a collab on the 20th of June coming up. And then I've also got some booked for July. So, I used to be releasing content sort of every week, every two weeks, like collabs would be getting released every week, every two weeks. But through my vanilla work, becoming a lot more busy, I've had some work commitments I've had to keep to. And then through my work commitments, I've had to keep to. Then that's I've taken that time to get my piercings done. So then I've had to give time to heal as well. So the collabs of, of a sort of, slowed down but then the solo content uh, 
has sort of kind of got more just so I've got something there. But within by the like the mid end of this month, everything's gonna be start going sort of um full steam ahead. I'm gonna be investing in a lot more equipment and there's gonna be yeah, a lot more exciting content. I don't wanna to speak too much because sometimes I don't want to speak and to say things. I, I I want to do it. I want people to see it, and I want people to be pleased with it. I want people to see my work. There's going to be a lot of work that I'm going to be putting out. Is there anything in regards to your content that you aren't currently doing that you plan on adding in the future? Is there any sort of scene type or anything that isn't being implemented now that you plan on adding in the future? Yeah, 100% there's on the collaboration side. Well, well, I've kind of, I've I've done one short, it was like a a minute clip, but there's going to be a lot more wet play content. So a lot of like um, pissing content. So with me pissing on people, even I'm I'm willing, I want to try like a girl pissing on me. Um, There's going to be a lot, there's going to be, what you haven't seen is there's going to be a lot of um, fetish and kink BDSM. So with me playing more of a dom role, but a lot of that, um, even I'm in the stages now of starting up and buying my equipment. So that's going to be a lot more in my content. There's going to be obviously, which hasn't been done, but there's going to be a lot more anal. I'm going to be doing a lot more anal a lot more anal. I want to start doing, which I haven't done on camera, I want to start doing like DAP, so double anal penetration, um, DVP. I've I've done DVP in real life before when I've been on the swinging scene, but I haven't done it on camera. I haven't done DAP before, but I want to start doing that. Um, the DP scenes, uh, and even, even when it comes to solo content, like... Um, doing like some solo content outside like jerking off in the car or jerking off in a in a car park or in a field or getting different types of you know they've got all different type of like devices that a man can use solo by himself now like experimenting with that like trying out different toys on myself there's yeah there's so much more that I want to do because I think with my own sexual my own taste in regards to my sexuality is a lot of things that I'm 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 into that turn me on. So I think I want to start bringing it all all to the all to my content. And also as well, I actually forgot this was something I had planned for when I first got in the industry. Um, I'm going also going to do like a lot of parodies. So I'm going to do a lot of parodies in regards to like whatever, like films, like sort of sex themed films in regards to parodies, even, even in regards to things that have gone on in the current affairs in England to do with politics, things like that. So yeah, there's, 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 there's actually a lot, a lot, I've got a lot of ideas and I'm just, I'm taking my time, but I'm, making all the necessary steps to make this all come to fruition. So yeah, everything is, is, is moving steadily ahead and there's going to be some fucking real fucking filth 
coming along and some exciting stuff coming along from me soon. Tell me something quirky about yourself that most people don't know. Something unique about Elon Musk. Something unique. Something unique that people might not know is that, um, what can I say? I did, this is going back years ago now. Do you remember the first Batman film that Christian Bale was in? Mm-hmm. Batman think, Begins, right? Yep. I was a film extra in that film. That's what's up. Yep, they filmed that. Obviously, it's set in Gotham City, but they actually filmed a lot of it in England, down south. And um, I went for, this is when I, I was, I was actually, I was still in the army, but I was like, because I got injured when I left the army, I was sort of like, still signed up but I wasn't they gave me a lot of time to sort of go home and and like basically get settled back into society so um at that time I was very like big I was working out a lot and I remember I went to what they call we call in England like the the job center or I don't know America you might call it I don't know the unemployment agency or something like that and uh, one of the people who worked there informed me about um, a casting going for a film. I didn't know what film it was, and they said they reckoned, yeah, go ahead. You might, you might, you might get through. I went there. I met a lot of professional actors. I didn't think I'd get through. Did the audition, got through. I got invited to a place near Luton, a place called Sandy, near a town called Bedford in Luton. There was these old World War II airplane hangars, which they converted inside to look like um, Gotham City. Um, I met Christian Bale, met his stuntman. I was, but Christian Bale was so humble and so down to earth. I basically was stood next to him eating sandwiches, and I didn't even know I was stood next to him. So by the time I asked people, oh, "Where is he?" because people kept saying, "We're going to meet him. He's going to, he's going to eat." We heard that he eats lunch from where we eat. I, um, by the time I asked people about him, they said to me, oh, didn't you know that he was standing right next to you? So, and, he, and, he, and he left and went about his job. So, yeah, I think that's uh, something different there. I, I know how to skateboard. I like skateboarding. Um, I'm very much into like high-octane adrenaline, high-adrenaline sports, so things are like, um, parachuting and stuff like that, and hang gliding and 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 base jumping. Base jumping is something I'd I'd love to do before I die, before I leave this earth. I'd love to go base jumping. Describe yourself in ten words or less. In ten words, I'd say I am funny, kind-hearted, and a realist. Yeah, funny kind-hearted, realist, um, I'd like to say honest, but if I'm going to be honest, you know, I think as human beings, we all lie, so sometimes, you know, we lie for our own advantage, so I wouldn't say honest, but I, that's why I'd say kind-hearted, I, I think I've got a good, yeah, I'd say good-hearted, 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 realist, um and upbeat and confident 
And definitely, I'd say, uh, what was the word that you used earlier on? Um, exhibitionist. Yeah, exhibitionist. As we start wrapping things up, I have this list of pop culture-oriented questions that are designed to allow the listeners and your fans to get to know some of your favorites. The first question in this set is, what are five of your most favorite television shows? All right. Um, These shows you wouldn't, well, if it's an international audience, you wouldn't have a clue what I'm on about, but these are mine. I would say Only Fools and Horses which is a comedy sitcom uh, based on uh, two brothers who live in what we'd call a council estate, but in America you'd call basically, uh, you know, like the ghetto, the projects in America, Only Fools and Horses. There's another program, a comedy sitcom called The Royal Family, but it's nothing like as in the royal family we have over here as in Queen and King. These are like, once again, like a proper, like, if I could compare it, what you'd call in America, you'd call the, the royal family, the, the royal family from this TV program, you'd call them like, kind of like hillbillies. They're kind of like redneck hillbillies. But yeah, the royal family. Um, another show, which obviously is from your side of the pond, The Wire. I very much like The Wire. And then another one, which was... It was very popular in its first series. And then I think because it was based in Brooklyn, Jay-Z and um, Tidal signed it. And the second series just wasn't, it didn't have the same impact as the first one. So my fourth one is going to be Money and Violence. That's the first series, Money and Violence. You can watch that on YouTube. And a fifth TV program that I like. I have to bring it back to the U- to the UK now. Top boy, top boy. Yeah. So only fools and horses. Royal family. Um, the wire. Money and violence. Top boy. Who are four of your all-time favorite music artists? Wow. Um. Okay. Num. Well, I'm gonna say this person because his album was the first rap album that I could play from start to finish without skipping. So I'll say 50 Cent, but I also like him as, as, as a person, his, his business mind and, and the way he, he understands human psychology and how humans work. But yeah, I'd say 50 Cent and then music artists. Um, I think definitely for this person for his his um imagination and the way he can talk about sex but in so many different ways and it sounds so creative and new every time um vibes cartel and that's coming from obviously my jamaican background there so vibes cartel 50 cent um i'm trying to show all my different kind of like tastes in music now as well Survives Cartel, 50 Cent, my favorite ones. This is hard. This is very, very, very hard. So I've said Vibes Cartel, 50 Cent. Um, 
I'd say this is a, a, a rapper from England. Um, his name is R.A., Real Artillery. That's like sort of more gritty street style rap. Um, yeah. Real Artillery. Um, and then I'd say there's a, it's, it, well, it's, it's two, it's two actual cousins, but they're like a, a producer. They're like, they're basically, they work together as producers, just like sort of the Neptunes would is, um, they're called crazy cousins, but they're famous for making a genre of music that we call over here in, in England, we call it funky house. And Funky House was really big from like 2009 to like 2010, 11. It was really, really big. And like they were like the main type of like DJs and producers who were the, the pioneer and forefront of that music. So I'd say Crazy Cousins. Um, actually, I'm going to pick this. This is a girl I'm going to pick because when the way she, when it comes to, female rappers i love it when female rappers you know you can get obviously a lot of r&b singers that talk about love in a very sort of melancholic emotional way but i like it when female rappers talk about sex but they talk about it filthy so for when i listen to a rap about sex i love her is megan the stallion the way she talks about sex and the way she describes it even there's one um song she's got captain hook where she talks about how she likes her dick with a bit of curve i felt like she was talking about me then so i'll say meg the stallion that must be four now one more i'm gonna pick is i'll pick another woman because she released one r&b album that was fucking pucker that not a lot of people talk about but that one album i'll pick tedra moses for her album Complex Simplicity. I remember that got released in 2004, 2005. Yeah, that was that that was a classic that was. So there goes four I'll pick. Or oh, five, five. That's fine. What are three of your most favorite films? My favorite film of all time, I always have to pick this up. This one off the top of my head, the easiest one, is X, directed by Spike Lee, starring Denzel Washington. That's my favorite film. Um, a second film that I'd say I really like. I think it was a very impactful film that it didn't really get a lot of publicity, but I liked it. It was a film, an American film called Crash. It had like Ludacris was in it and Tandy Newton and Matt Damon. It was censored all around about sort of the dynamics of race in America, how we interact with each other. That was a very good film, Crash. And then I think if, if another film, it's mostly going to be maybe another Denzel film, because I don't think that guy, I don't think Denzel's done a shit film ever. He's always done good films. Um, I think because I like villain, villainous characters, I'd say Training Day. But that's mainly, I, I wouldn't say it's mainly for the film. I'd say for Denzel's performance and his character in Training Day. I like Training Day. But any Denzel film is really a hit, really. What are two foods you can't live without? Two foods I can't live without, I would say, I'm gonna be a, I'd say dates. 
the fruit, dates, and honey. Can't live without them. And what is one of your guilty pleasures? Uh, a guilty pleasure is that is that something like you're embarrassed about that someone nothing nobody knows about? It depends. I mean, you can consider it like that. Some people consider it something really decadent and indulgence. Whatever you, however you want to define guilty pleasure. A guilty pleasure. Fucking up. You know what? I've always liked the Backstreet Boys. Because, <laughs> obviously, I was born in the mid-80s. I was born in 1985. So I kind of grew up in the nineties, but yeah, I've always, I've always liked the Backstreet Boys. Fuck it, we'll go with that one. Backstreet's back, all right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what are you currently binging? Are you currently binge watching anything? Maybe on one of the streaming platforms or something. Um, if I'm gonna be honest, I, I'm, I've been getting into watching. I used to watch. Before when he was alive, because I I liked I liked watching um a lot of I know he's a controversial figure, but I like con I like controversy, even though there's a lot of things I disagree with him on, but I liked that he was he was honest. I did like Kevin Samuel's content, like even though there was many things that I I disagreed with him on, but just the way he had his show set up and how people would call in and he'd, he'd, he'd debate and talk with them and, and different subjects. So yeah, I, I did binge watch a lot, a lot of his, his, his content. I did avoid it for a long time. I didn't think he was my type of person, but then I started listening to his content and I could see, you know, I, I, I can disagree with someone, but I like, I like people that, they're more open and honest with what they believe in rather than be cloak and dagger and hide it. So yeah, Kevin Samuel's content. I did, I did go through a stage of binge, binge watching that. That was very, it was different. It was, there wasn't really anything out, out there like that. So that's what I could say. Yeah. The last thing I'd binge watch, but in regards to TV, I don't really watch a lot of TV. M many things that I watch now are just on the internet. What's next for Elon Musk? What's coming out in the near future that the listeners and your fans should be anticipating? What's coming out is a lot more of like what I'm into in regards to my sexuality and sex. You're going to see it. So there's going to be a lot more sort of kink fetish based content, a lot of BDSM in my content. You're going to see a lot more anal um a lot of anal content a lot of wet play a lot of spit play there's going to be a lot of sort of dressing up uh very much i'm into like the whole sort of leather and latex and that type of gear you're going to see a lot more effort put into that because i think in regards to the, the male side there's not a lot of men who just put of effort into that it's more just but i think it's lot to do with the market the market just wants to see they just want to see your dick basically but i'm going to put a lot more effort into that i'm going to be doing there's going to be certain content creators that i'm going to be doing it with who are who are good at it as well a lot more it's an avenue to promote our other pages on sort of 
vanilla kind of platforms. But a lot of comedy sketches, a lot of comedy sketches are coming. So yeah, there's a there's a lot there's a lot to come, a lot to come, a lot of plans. A lot. Of, we're in the I'm in the sort of formulating building stage and sort of the the infrastructure, getting things ready. But yeah, there's a lot to come, a lot. How can your fans reach you? Where can they find you on the web, social media, as well as uh, can you provide them with links on where they can find your original content? Yeah, if you go to Twitter, my Twitter is the Elon Musk X, so the, not as in the letter V, as in V for Victor, but the, T-H-E-D-E-E-L-O-N-M-U-S-K-X. That has the link to all my links. There's an the actual um, page, all my links. So it's the Elon Musk X on Twitter, the Elon Musk X on Pornhub. I've got my Pornhub page. Um, it's the Elon Musk X UK on Instagram. Um, what else am I on? I'm on FetLife, which is, that's the Elon Musk X as well on FetLife. Uh, my OnlyFans is the Elon Musk X. My many vids is the Elon Musk X. My Sheer, which is, Sheer is a platform where I'll be posting a lot of extreme content on there. So, like, a lot to do with the wet play, the pissing, the spitting, um, all that sort. My Sheer is DD on Musk X as well. Um, I'm trying to think. Everything everything is DD on Musk X. My Cash App is DD on Musk X. So, I'll try to keep everything sort of uniform. The only thing that's kind of a bit different because the account got suspended was my Instagram. So my Instagram is the Elon Musk X UK. But everything else is the Elon Musk X. Perfect. Well, this does bring us to the end of our interview. Is there anything that you'd like to say to your fans and supporters that are tuning in? I'd like to say to all my supporters, because fans is, I don't know, I like, I, I, I prefer the name supporters because that's what you are. You are you are more than a fan. You're 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 a supporter. You're supporting my content, whether you're sharing it, whether you purchase it, whether you subscribe to my online pages. I'd like to say thank you. Um, I'd like to say stick with me. You're going to see on this journey I'm on where I'm going and how things are starting to improve. Even though things have taken, they've been imp- improving gradually. Anyway, um, you're going to see that things are going to start to improve more. And it's, it's going to just be looking more, more professional. Everything's going to be looking more, everything's just going to be on a, on, a, on a different tier, on a different level. So I'd just like to say, yeah, for all my subscribers, for all my supporters, thanks. It means a lot. You're helping me develop and helping me hopefully change my life. So, yeah, I'd just like to say thanks, respect to all of you. And... For all the people on my pages, I always say it on my OnlyFans and on my videos, anything you want to see, whether it's positive, negative, feedback, um, get at me, message me. Um, I'm not one of those people who don't message people back. I'll be honest, I don't like time wasters, but for genuine feedback, genuine sort of um, interaction, I, I control all my socials. It's not anybody else. I don't pay a management team on your behalf, so I'm easily to contact, get in contact with me. I take everything on board. For all my subscribers on OnlyFans, like I said, any sort of customs requests, any certain things you want to see, 
get at me, let me know, and I'll take it on board. And if it's something I'm comfortable with, you'll see it on my pages. Fantastic. Well, I certainly want to thank you so much for the interview, Elon Musk. I would like to say thank you very much, Club Tudo, for inviting me on. I was actually very surprised, and it was a pleasant surprise that you asked me to come on your show. I, I knew about you and your platform before. And I've had a look through your uh, page before, so I knew about you. And then when you got in contact with me and then I checked through again and I saw you interviewed Tony, then I felt, I thought, oh, that's, he's, he's in contact with people from, from over here, from the UK as well. You, so you know what's going on. You know who's relevant and know who's up and coming. So I'd like to say thank you very much for getting in contact with me because at the end of the day, this is all building bridges and I'm all about building bridges and networking and building good relationships with people. So hopefully this between me and you and your listeners can be something where a good relationship that can last for a long time. So thank you very much. You're welcome. And I could not agree more. And uh, hopefully in the future you can come back and update the listeners on what you've been up to. You have an open invitation. Yep, definitely. That's more of a motivation for me now that I need to sort of, yep, I need to step my game up so I can come back on and say, look, everyone can, we can look at the big difference from when, how I done interview now to within that time frame, what's gone on to just get everything, get the ball rolling. But yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. And to all the listeners, thank you for anyone who's listened to it, whether you listen to the whole interview or to a couple minutes, just thank you very much. And listeners, I also want to thank you for tuning into One Among with Poppy Chulo. Before we go, here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Thank you for downloading One on One with Poppy Chulo. Here are a few helpful reminders. For more information on One on One with Poppy Chulo, visit poppychuloradio.com slash after dark. Follow Poppy Chulo on Twitter at twitter.com slash Poppy Chulo one on one. That's at Poppy Chulo. The number one. The word on. And the number one. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Poppy Chulo Radio. Follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash Poppy Chulo Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. Back to you, Poppy Chulo. Thanks, announcer. And with that, Elon Musk and I would like to wish you and yours a wonderful night. Good night, listeners. Good night, listeners. Good night, everybody. Take care. Let's go. Thanks for listening to One on One with Poppy Chulo. To contact us with any of your questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns, email us at contact at poppychuloradio.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter by going to twitter.com slash poppychuloradio. And like us on Facebook by visiting facebook.com slash poppychuloradio. Be sure to listen again next week as we continue to showcase exclusive interviews with some of the adult industry's most popular male performers. 
This is Ben Patrick Johnson saying good night and have a wonderful week.